The broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen-only mode. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to another conversation with Carlton, a uh, podcast produced by the Texas Economic Development Council. Um, today, we uh, we have as our guest um, a, a, a a modern uh, TEDC legend. Danny Booth. Danny, welcome to the podcast and uh, look forward to spending some great time with you today. Well, Carlton, thank you. I've been called a lot of things. A legend is not necessarily one of them. I guess some people are a legend in their own mind, but I'm not. So, Well, <laughs> you're a legend in, in our mind, and if you're also a legend in your own mind, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, Danny, um, uh, congratulations um, on a, a on a great career um, in the economic development world. Uh, I know you just retired uh, here recently in the last six months, and uh, and it's great to have you on board today. And you know what I'd like to do is just kind of start. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, your life. Uh, prior to getting into economic development, and I, you know, we all know that you're a, a proud veteran, but uh, just in terms of how you got um, into your role at the Terrell Chamber of Commerce, and uh, and then then we'll just kind of go from there. So uh, it's all yours, Danny. All right, thank you, Carlton. Uh, you had mentioned uh, the military. I served four years in the U.S. Army uh, the last year and a half working for the NSA, uh, three years in Germany, which was a great time in my life. Both our daughters were born over there, so that that was pretty special. And when I came back, I wasn't sure if I wanted to finish college, go to work, but the necessity of having to, you know, raise two young daughters was I pretty much had to go to work and go to college part-time. I started off actually selling insurance for the independent order of foresters, which is something not a lot of people know. And I was the outstanding salesman of the quarter and decided that I didn't like this cold calling business and <laughs> worked for Southwestern Bell. And he said, you know, they're hiring a lot of veterans right now. So I applied and actually got hired at Southwestern Bell and later transferred to AT&T and I kind of ended 13 or 14 years with them in sales and marketing, which I guess is what I've kind of been doing most of my life, selling and marketing something. And then when the divestiture occurred and they split up all the baby bell companies, I got divested out. I think they let 40,000 people go in a period of a week. And I started my own company called Dantel Enterprises. And my territory back with AT&T was east of Dallas all the way to Mineola. And I got to know a lot of business people because all these systems we sold were to banks and to large industries and like Carroll State Hospital and all of those folks. When when the divestiture occurred, AT&T stopped providing free free service on repair and so they all signed up with me and I was my company was doing really well one of the bankers in Terrell a guy named Don Robinson he said Danny we need some new leadership at the Chamber of Commerce and 
coincidentally, I had just been appointed to the board of the Terrell Chamber just as a director. And I said, well, how in the world do you plan on paying me since I know what the uh, finances are of the chamber? And he said, well, the top 30 members of the chamber are going to triple their dues and you have two years to bring in other sources of revenue. So I agreed to that with the caveat that I could keep my Dantel Enterprise business, which I did. And the chamber and the city of Terrell basically didn't have an economic development program. We were always a good location. I mean, you can't beat the fact that I-20 and Highway 80 come together in Terrell. In, in Terrell in the past five years would come in second or third on a lot of projects because while we had some nice vacant land, it didn't have any infrastructure to it. No roads, water, sewer, those little minor things. <laughs> they asked me to reorganize the chamber and develop an economic development program. And, you know, kind of back in that time, which would have been 85, I think, most chambers still ran economic development in their communities. That was prior to the passage of the 4A sales tax. And so chambers really, I'd say, ran the ED program. And right. uh, my early mentors were, you know, folks primarily with uh, TXU, Encore, Ballast Power and Light, whatever their name de jour was, and Frank Davis, and to a certain extent, his brother Jack Davis, who was a lobbyist, uh, really did a lot to help me, along with the bankers. I mean, Don Robinson and Mike Cronin and a bunch of them certainly knew a lot about economic development. In another organization that was heavily involved back then where the two big banks in downtown Dallas, uh, Mercantile National Bank and Republic National Bank. And they actually had economic development departments. And some of those people were really involved in helping start the Texas Economic Development Council, whatever it was called back then. And, and so I got really a couple of years of some good training through those bankers. And then we had a crash in there somewhere and all the banks dissolved their ED programs and the whole world kind of changed. But we got lucky early on, or I guess I did. We had two vacant buildings in Terrell, big industrial buildings that had just been sitting there and nobody was doing anything with them. So I put some a couple of brochures together and sent those out to ED groups and primarily to brokers. And we had uh, two visits on one building in the same week, and nobody had looked at the building in three years. And this company um, actually, uh, within a couple of weeks, put a contract on it. And then a few days later, so did the other company. And so we got two contracts on one building. And we had that second building that had just become available. So we actually shifted the lower bid company to the second building and we landed both of those projects within I think 60 days of each other. You know, everybody likes to be on a successful team and that certainly didn't help uh, how people looked at me because back then, you know, we had about an eight and a half percent unemployment rate and 
you know, especially the city council, they said, you know, you got to create some jobs in here. And they really didn't care what kind of jobs, they just wanted jobs created. And one of those companies is still operating in Terrell. The other one um, had a fire that burned the facility and they actually ended up relocating to Oklahoma. But they were here for uh, 25 years. So that kind of started my economic development career and the chamber was uh, at an all-time high in membership and the auction, which is our big fundraiser, was just going crazy. And, you know, we actually got some reserve in the bank. And then a senator named uh, Ratliff decided that he wanted to pass a bill to help little towns like Mount Pleasant and Terrell. And he passed, if I remember correctly, a three-page uh, bill creating the 4A sales tax. Passed the last day of the session. Most of us, a lot of us didn't quite understand the impact it was going to have. Terrell called an election early on. I think we were maybe the 13th city to pass the tax. In the first year, I think we got around 500000 and it's like, my Lord, we have money. So we bought 300 plus acres from American National Bank that fronted Highway 80 and I-20 and built uh, what's now home to four Fortune 500 companies. And uh, so it's been, a, it's been a great run, but sales tax honestly turned Terrell around. I mean, it, it gave us money and Last year, that 4A sales tax brought in $2.6 million. So anyway, it's been a, it was, that kind of helped start my career. Danny, I've always thought that, you know, you, you kind of bridged the gap between the, the founders of the T, TIDC back then and sort of the modern era. I mean, if I had to characterize your career, you were one of those people along with a number of others that did that. Um, you, you, um, uh, embraced the economic development sales tax. You, uh, helped shepherd it through and, uh, through, through the voters there in Terrell. And, um, and then you did something that, you know, I wish more communities that would have done with the ED sales tax, and you put it, you literally put it into the ground uh, in infrastructure, in sites, and um, in, in your community uh, benefited greatly from it. Uh, you, you had mentioned that Terrell's location and the fact that it's on two um, very important highways uh, gave you the looks, but once you put that infrastructure in the ground, you really took off and uh, I think that uh, I think that was such a smart thing to do early on. Um, once you all got the got the ED sales tax. Well, I, I I totally agree with that. And what's interesting, we we passed the tax, as I said, and created the board. And Mike Cronin and Dr. Bruce Wood were two of the original founding members. And Mike served as chairman of that board up until I guess four or five years ago when he passed away and his leadership and conservatism I guess is a good word uh, were kind of a a good mesh to kind of help 
rein me in sometimes and I'll, I'll interject a quick story the i think it was in arlington could have been grand prairie there was a facility called the international wildlife park and this deal where you drove your car through there with your kids you know and animals would come right up to the car and they had been flooded by the trinity river two years in a row and a uh, big article in the morning news and said they're looking at relocating and so the then city manager mike talbert and i went up to see them and they came to Terrell, and we had a great site, about 350 acres, just east of the airport business park, and had some kind of rolling hills, a creek going through it, and and they loved it. And what they wanted us to do was build some, you know, roads to go through it, and a couple of buildings, and they were going to put these these animals up as collateral. <laughs> we were all about this, and so. Uh, I made this presentation to the TDC board, and Cronin's sitting here looking down his nose glasses at me. And when I get through, he said, "That may be the stupidest project anybody's ever brought to me." And I thought he was actually jacking with me. And I said, "What are you talking about? I mean, these animals are worth millions of dollars." And he said, "What happens if the animals get loaded in trailers and they go off to the next spot in the middle of the night?" And all I could say is, "Oh, they wouldn't do that." So, um, but that what's it kind of leads me into this next part. That 400 acre site uh, ended up being our second big uh, business park, and AutoZone was the first company to locate there, and they built a 650,000 square foot distribution center. And Mike said, "Would well, any would you rather have somebody on the tax rolls of 40 million dollars or a bunch of animals?" And uh, he never let me live that down. So, although it ended up being successful, I will say that in my defense, they went out uh, oh somewhere, you know, west of Fort Worth, and and it, it's it's still a nice facility out there. But aside from that, by that time we were probably a million and a half in sales tax, and we're AutoZone located. A wasn't in the sea limits, beat it down in utilities, and actually had a wooden bridge leading to a rock road. So we managed to get it to the sea limits. We already had engineering and design. That's a point I'd like to make. If you go ahead and spend some money and you design and get the full engineering, get it ready to go out for bid, on land you're thinking of purchasing or developing, that puts you way far ahead because and we showed this to the AutoZone people and said, we'll build this road, we'll put the water and sewer, gas, electric, everything in while you're building your facility. And they had enough faith in us to do that. But we could not possibly have done that without the 4A sales tax. And I would say that 90% of the money we have spent since its inception have been on just like you said, water line, sewer line, extending a street, building streets, drainage, uh, everything. We've lately in the last few years have done some utility support related to retail, which I never thought I'd in my career working on the dreaded retail world. But I have, and it's been successful. We have a shopping center and construction, and Academy just announced their building facility in Terrell. So the citizens are happier. They'd rather have a Starbucks than a Fortune 500 company. That's kind of people's mentality right now. But 
just to reinforce, if you build it, put utilities in, they will come. And that's what I tell people around the state. Absolutely. Danny, um, you uh, very early on became uh, involved with and eventually a long-time leader of the Texas Economic Development Council. Um, tell us about that and tell us how you got involved in, and, and just tell us about that side of your career, um, the, the career of uh, being a leader within the TEDC. Well, early on in my career, I started, I guess the first full year I was there, Chamber Institute at SMU, and at that time, that was a six-year program. You went a couple of weeks, I think, during the summer. And there was a gentleman in, in my class named Curtis Cleveland from Waco. And he was actually, one of the years we were there doing his thesis that you had to do to become a, you know, a certified economic developer. And I, I think Curtis really did have an impact early on in my career. And I've always regretted that Curtis got out of the economic development business because he was one of the best professionals I'd ever seen. And he asked if I was part of Texas Economic Development Council. I think of that, whatever it was called back then. This has been like 86, 87. Was it? Okay. Yeah. So Curtis is the one that actually and probably some of the guys with Dallas Power and Light back then. And so I joined the, the organization and started going to meetings. And it was a great learning experience for me because, you know, there's no saying there's there's no a new idea ever developed in chamber or ED work that somebody hadn't tried somewhere. And so I think the the relationship building in our organization is the key to anybody's growth in this profession because if you're not sure about something call and ask somebody you've met or call a cough and swab and, and he can refer you to somebody but i got really interested and i started serving on some committees and then this whole sales tax thing came along i was involved in trying to uh, help gary vest and gary vest is another person that had a tremendous impact on me. I think he was out in Abilene at that time, if I remember correctly, and then well, later in well, Paris. And he, he really, I mean, I called him several times, and especially after we passed the sales tax, and he's really the one, you know, he and Ratliff, I think, were buds, and he was kind of instrumental in helping it, it get passed. And so I kind of got interested then in the legislative aspect of the organization. And I think I was the first chair of the sales tax committee back when we didn't have any idea really what we were doing legislatively. And, you know, we we're kind of taking baby steps and we do some testifying and stuff, but we, we weren't really, in my opinion, effective in trying to push legislation that supported economic development. And that kind of became, I guess, a mission and, you know, Gary Vest and I and some others became, I guess, pretty infamous about our testimonies in front of some of the, the committees. And 
I guess I got some notoriety about that, and I was asked to go on the board, and I served the full term on the board and chaired the sales tax committee and was on the executive committee, and then went off, and then a few years later came back on and uh, got in the rotation, thanks you know, to you and other people pushing me to do that. And I remember saying to you, I think it was, that you know, it's like five or six years, I guess, before you're or seven, before you're through with your whole term. And I said, God, I hope I live that long just to be the chairman of this organization. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does take a while to get there. But yeah. it, it was just, it was, I mean, it's honestly been the highlight of my career. Uh, being able to say that I've chaired the Texas Economic Development Council and and I guess the biggest thing in what I think we've done and it bothers me sometimes that we can't get more of the membership to understand but when we hired a lobbyist and actually started uh, doing everything from sponsoring bills and trying to get bills defeated whether you like the lobby concept in Austin or not, that's what makes the world turn. And and we started having immediate impact. And then you build a relationship with Ratliff, which he always thought the sales tax, I mean, not thought, the sales tax was his baby. And he was our go-to protector. And nobody down there would buck him. If he didn't want that sales tax bill amended or something, you know, he didn't let it happen. And I think that relationship was huge for us. But I guess back to the original question, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my involvement in Texas Economic Development Council. Friendships and mentorship. And then since then, I've been asked to come speak at a lot of communities and help communities reorganize their programs and uh, and that's kind of been an honor to do that when you see a community that's really struggling. You can go in with a group of folks and have an impact and see them land, pro land projects. It's very gratifying. And I think TDC kind of helped me get to that position. But I'll always cherish the fact that I've chaired this organization and I think provided some, some good leadership for it. So. No doubt about it. Um, you know, you you uh, you you chuckled when I uh, referred to you as a legend, but just uh, what you just mentioned in terms of your involvement in our organization, a statewide organization of 850 members, um, you demonstrated uh, to our listeners why you achieved that status. You, uh, you, you really helped build the TEDC and, and, and I have to tell you, you know, you helped me a great deal in my years here. You helped me to this day and you're still, uh, even though you're retired, you're still involved with our organization and I expect you to, uh, to continue to do that. Um, and um, what what do you think, if you had to look ahead, um, what do you think we should be doing in the future? Where do you think we should be going? Uh, or is it more of the same of what we're doing and perhaps doing it better? 
what what's if you had to look into the the future for us uh, what 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 ought what should we be doing and what might that look like from your perspective well, I think we're going to face even more challenges, especially related to 4A, 4B sales tax and other things that can affect economic development. As you know, there's a pretty good segment seems to be growing sometimes that doesn't support incentives. They try to pass bills, you know, to not allow things like tax abatement, 383-81 agreements and you know, they, they view it as corporate welfare, which I'm not going to tell you my exact opinion of that because it probably wouldn't be nice to be on here, but I certainly don't agree with that. If every state in this United States wants to stop giving incentives, then I'd be fine with that. But we don't just compete against towns around us. We compete against other states and, in our case, sometimes other countries. And so I think the biggest challenge is to try to get the membership of this organization to understand the importance of why we have a lobbyist and why we try to work to support bills that are positive for economic development. And what kills me is we're working our tail off to get that done. And a lot of people are employed in their jobs in ED because of the work we've done stopping legislation from passing. And yet we can't get $100 out of them for a PAC membership. <laughs> and, you know, that just, that really bothers me. So I think the challenge is we've got to, you know, make sure, especially the, and I guess it's because I'm getting old, but, you know, I go to the TDC meetings now, I don't know near as many people as I used to, and they all look like my grandkids. I mean, certainly economic development appears to me to be getting a lot younger. And I guess it's a combination because I'm old that everybody looks young. But I think our challenge, Carlton, is, is, is trying to stop, you know, people like uh, Representative in East Texas, uh, I won't mention any names, what the heck, Schaefer, who always wants to just make the sales tax another, you know, another part of the city's slush fund, as I call it. And even in Terrell's case, I mean, I've seen a change in Terrell, which helped kind of push me into retirement. We actually had a vote that I never thought we would do. Uh, and we changed part of our 4A to a 4B. It was 25% of it, which will affect us some, but not as drastically if they had taken half or more. But the citizens of Terrell just embraced that because the way the city pushed it, you know, do you want better downtown? Do you want better parks? I mean, who's going to argue against that? So I think what I see happening around the state is more of an effort certainly being pushed by city managers just to, to get more and more of this sales tax uh, over on projects like that. And like in Terrell's case, five years from now, you know, it'll just be absorbed in the city manager's budget. And I, and I think that's a challenge for ED professionals and this organization uh, probably for the next decade or more. I couldn't agree with you more, Danny. Um, and again, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you uh, having had the foresight to really uh, uh, talk about that 
for the last 20 years. And, um, you know, we, we've been fortunate, um, that, that, you know, we've, we've worked hard to keep the economic development sales tax. Once we amended it a couple of times in 2003 and 2005, it has largely stayed the same, um, since then. And that's 14 years now, which is a uh, knock on wood, quite a, a run, but the, the work continues and, uh, you, you know, it's going to have to continue in a way, I think, uh, because of folks like yourself who have done such a great job locally, we're almost like we're, it's like we're victims of our own success, but we have to continue to preach the gospel of primary jobs and wealth creation um, as, as the, the drivers of economic development. And, you know, as you know, uh, interestingly enough, we, we have to fight these battles within our state when everybody else in the country wishes they had our resources and wishes that they had the top flight professionals uh, working in economic development at the local level that we have in our great state. I agree, and I don't think it's a battle that's going to go away either, Carlton. I think um, it's just going to continue, especially it'll be interesting to see this next session with the new Speaker of the House and several new state representatives and state senators, more state reps than anything, is to see what their focus is. Uh, it would be, you know, the, the more we can influence and impact people on the ED committee, either the House or the Senate, I think the more important part that is. But I also think that under your leadership, you developed a great staff, uh, the best I've ever seen. And <clears throat> you're very lucky in that you've got some of the smartest staff people anywhere in the state of Texas. And, and Amen. you're either really fortunate or really lucky or just smart when you hired people. So <laughs> probably some combination of the above. But uh, uh, I think as long as you and the staff stays behind everything and you don't let any surprise bills get passed, uh, our lobbyist or anybody, uh, I think that's going to be a challenge for you. And I'm going to stay involved with state organization on some level. It's hard to let everything go, but, you know, after 32 years in the profession and, you know, the wife and I and family want to do more traveling and, you know, and I'm not getting any younger. So it was time for me to move on. I had a great run, a great career, and I'll still be around to try to help anybody that needs to be helped. Well, Danny, um, we expect that you would do that. And uh, as long as I'm around, certainly you're going to have a role. Um, there'll be things that I'll call on you to do. And uh, just like this year, you're going to be a very valuable member of our uh, Community Economic Development Award Committee, uh, which, by the way, you didn't mention the, the five CETA awards that you helped Terrell win, which is still a state record. Uh, I know you were just being modest <laughs> in that regard, uh, but uh, we're going to keep you involved. And, uh, you know, we, um, 
we we need you and we need your uh, your history and your expertise well i'll be honored to keep doing it and I, we also uh, one of the you know biggest drivers in economic development right now as you know is workforce and the organization created the state workforce award and we actually won that the first year right uh, and i think uh, may, may have won that i think three times but that's uh that's also something that's been really good because you know, as we've talked about many times, to me, it's about the creation of primary jobs and everything else follows it. But uh, I think we're, we have to continue that fight to make sure that not only people in the legislation, but our own economic development professionals understand that. Yes. So that's your challenge, buddy. Well, Danny, uh, thank you for, for spending the time with us. Um, in, in today, uh, in our podcast, uh, I'm guessing that this won't be the last time we call on you. Uh, as I told you before, we're using these podcasts uh, as a tool for um, our, our younger professionals to, to listen to, to gather intelligence from, uh, and, and also, you know, my interest in history and the history of our organization, this is a great way for us to uh, really archive uh, the thoughts and the, the uh, um, really the leadership abilities of our past leaders. So uh, thanks for your time today. Uh, always great to talk to you. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Absolutely. Same okay. here. Danny, it's been an honor working with you guys. You bet. Take care. Thank you, Danny. Bye-bye. Yeah.